0: hey hey and g'day and welcome to my guest list pod i'm your host darren and thanks for taking some time out of your day to listen in from wherever and whenever you're doing so this week it's season two episode 16 of my guest list pod and it's a very enjoyable interview episode But before we get to the interview, remember, if you would like to get in contact with the show, you can find me at myguestlistpod pretty much everywhere you look. And if you follow me on Instagram, you may have noticed that I launched a very basic online merch store recently. It's a bit of an experiment and something I'm just playing around with at the moment. I have ordered some samples of all but the female shirts so far, and so far so good. I'd have to say the mugs are my favourite item. They came up a treat. But as we are moving into autumn and eventually winter down here, the beanies might get a bit of a workout soon as well. If you're interested in any of the items on the store, feel free to contact me directly. There's no obligation to just order through the website. So, on to today's show. And it's an interview I did towards the end of last year. In fact, it was recorded the day after coming down with Delta COVID symptoms that had me sick for the next three weeks and four weeks before I was back at work. Not a fun period and something my wife and I are still dealing with in terms of the long COVID problems. But the interview itself turned out to be one of my favorites so far and Leah was a joy to chat with. So let's get straight into it, sit back and relax as we explore the world of the talented, witty and wonderful Leah Longbreak and her entertaining and informative podcast, Weddings Unveiled.
1: Hello, and welcome to Weddings Unveiled.
0: Today, I am honored to be joined by a very talented individual. Leah Longbreak is a broadcast professional with years of radio, TV, and podcasting experience. Leah has worked for the Cleveland Cavaliers as an in-arena host, has been a news director, reporter, social media manager, and is a blogger. She is the current president of the Cleveland Association of Broadcasters, produces five podcasts for the Evergreen Podcast Network, and hosts her own show called Weddings Unveiled. So, all the way from Cleveland, Ohio, it is my pleasure to welcome Leah to my personal guest list and onto My Guest List pod.
1: Thank you so much for having me, Darren. I'm really excited to, to chat with you today and talk about our top 10 list and Fantastic. all that jazz.
0: That's great. Uh Thank you very much for for joining me, and uh, at a fantastic hour too. Like I think I was saying to you before the <laughs> podcast, this is the most reasonable hour I think I've ever done a podcast. Having <laughs> all the way down here in Australia, so uh, it's uh, about just before ten o'clock at night, which is that's fine for me. That's really cool. <laughs> so <laughs>
1: and it's seven thirty a.m. for me.
0: So and seems like you're this a morning, is perfect
1: for me morning too, person. Yeah,
0: great, fantastic. <laughs> so Leah. Uh, you do a podcast called Weddings Unveiled, and obviously we'll, we'll get to that in a sec. But, uh, if you can, give us the, uh, elevator pitch, um, Leah Longbreak story, please. <laughs>
1: um, <laughs> the Leah Longbreak story. Uh, so, I, I mean, born and raised Cleveland, Ohio, um, in a, a neighborhood called Slavic Village is where I originally grew up. And uh, I reside now on the east side of Cleveland with my husband. And in between uh, birth and life now, I went to uh, Tri-C, Cuyahoga Community College, right out of high school to study journalism and theater. And poli-sci was my ambitious minor, but I ended up just falling in love with theater and not really doing homework and going to class. <laughs> <laughs> and so <laughs> from there... Um, I, uh, I, I was doing the vagina monologues and I met my first agent and I got with Doherty and was just acting and modeling and bartending and serving to pay the, the rent. The bills, and yep. <laughs> Yeah. And, uh, in 04, when I was 21, I was, um, honored to win the, the role to be the choose or lose news correspondent for MTV and Cox Cable for Cleveland. So it helped me really get my feet wet with reporting and, you know, Throughout the years, I got to work. Like you mentioned, the Cleveland uh, Cavaliers. I was in great game presentation for them. I was the arena host of the Cleveland Gladiators. I worked in game presentation for the Cleveland Monsters. Um, I worked for the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame doing memberships and a little bit of visitor services. And uh, then I spent I went back to school uh, to... It's now called Ohio Media School, but it was called the Ohio Center for Broadcasting when I went there. And it was a one-year program. And through that, I learned a lot of great hands-on tools in radio and television and interned for um, WGAR's morning show, which is our local country station. And then uh, Fox 8, I did uh, an internship with them for their morning show, Kicking It with Kenny. And then that led to me getting freelance reporting work with TV20, which is the City of Cleveland Government and Community News Channel. And from there, I got hired on and, and was with them for 8 years. When I left them to go to Evergreen, I was the news... I was production director. I was news director, anchor, reporter, oversaw the reporters and <laughs> interns. I created and ran the social media. Um, I, I hosted numerous shows like catching up with council and healthy Cleveland. And I had my own show when I first started called Listen Up Cleveland, which okay. focused on music and fashion. And then, yeah, and then I, I made the switch to podcasting and I've been with Evergreen. I'm coming up on two years at the end of this month. So really exciting. And. And I love it. Well,
0: that's quite a resume. And if I wasn't intimidated before, (laughs) I definitely am now. So, (laughs) oh, nothing to be
1: intimidated about. I mean, I literally worked four jobs at one point to get to where I am at. (laughs) So it's a lot of blood, sweat, and tears. Okay. To be in media.
0: Out of all that that you've done, what's probably been, that's a huge mug by the way that you're drinking. Yeah, that's definitely a morning mug. Yeah, yeah my, my coffee. Yeah,
1: that's the morning mug. It's really, it's, it's my Irish coffee mug. Very it's Actually, my husband's, but, okay. um, it looks like, it looks normal. But once you get to like the end and the coffee's gone, there's a little leprechaun in the middle <laughs> sticking up, looking at you. Very good. Um, or it's my random cup.
0: Out of everything that you've, you've done, what's been the favorite? What, what have you enjoyed the most so far?
1: That's tough. I mean, I really would be like a highlight of moments from each job I've done. You know, um ah, it's so hard because like my years, you know, my couple of seasons with the Cavs, we it's when LeBron the LeBron era the mm-hmm. first time before yep. he left us. Yep. Uh, um which I'm I'm not still bitter about know. Right? Like, no. <laughs>
0: um
1: <laughs> but uh you know, us going to playoffs and and you know, almost to finals and stuff and just yeah. seeing the excitement and the the action, you oh, know, okay. that was awesome. Working for the Rock Hall, I had so many wonderful experiences. Um, I made a ton of um, friends that I'm still friends with 10 years later. Um, and met really cool celebrities and got to just, you know, be around the energy and the artifacts of the legends. Right. And yeah. then, you know, TV 20, I, I had already known my husband. We were friends, but like we fell in love, you know. Mm-hmm. And got to work together and I got to that poli sci minor, right? I got to be involved (laughs) in politics because I essentially was working for mayor and council and city government. And then obviously now with Evergreen, you know, I learned, I've learned so much. Like I thrusted myself into podcasting, which I had no experience in. And, um, it's been awesome and getting to work on these shows that I get to work on. And obviously my own with weddings unveiled has been an incredible opportunity Mm -hmm. that I'm pinched myself over. Um, so I've just been really blessed. I mean, I can't pick one moment, obviously you you
0: were. So podcasting is probably the, something you've come to lately, uh, although you've done it for a fair while but weddings unveiled, how long has that been going now?
1: So actually next week, uh, on October 7th will be the one year anniversary from when the first episode launched. Okay. Fantastic. But I started working, but I started working on it in lockdown when lockdown yeah. started for us here in America okay. in March.
0: So it was a product of lockdown sort of thing. So yeah.
1: kind of, yeah. Cause like I got hired on an evergreen. My first day in the office was November 4th mm-hmm. of 19. And so I wasn't there very long when we went into lockdown, obviously, right? But yeah. a month into my working there, I pitched the idea and they love the idea, but you know, I, was getting these other shows off the ground and going and it's like, well, we'll revisit this. But then we went to lockdown. It was like, Hey, we're all home and doing stuff. You guys pitch us your ideas. And so I created a demo and sent it to them and they loved it. And it became the first episode.
0: Oh, wow, fantastic. That's, that's really good. So, that's a good story. Why weddings? Looking at it, I thought to myself, if I was going to start a wedding podcast, now there's lots of aspects of weddings in terms of the video and the photo and honeymoon and, you know, uh, Uh, what else there's a lot to it (laughs) and food and the reception ceremony so there's a lot there so you're not going to probably want for content but it's probably daunting to to get the right people in and this is the thing i do love about your show uh you have fantastic guests Uh, i don't know if you vet them before they come on but you just seem to have the best guests um the last episode i listened to was about the harpist the oh girl, yes, Courtney. Yeah, that was that was actually a really. I thought to myself, well, you know, harps are a, a beautiful instrument, but uh, you know, how how many stories is this girl going to really have? Sort of thing. But she was she was amazing. So it was actually a really good episode. But why? What drove you to start a weddings podcast?
1: So starting the wedding podcast really just came from a love of the industry and. I've been fortunate to not only attend a lot of weddings throughout my life, but I've been in a, a handful of weddings. And then obviously I planned my own. I got married in May of 19. I truly have firsthand experience now. <laughs> and, uh, back in 2003 into 2004, I worked as a bridesmaids consultant for a big bridal shop here. Oh, okay. So I, I had different aspects throughout my life with it. And yeah. so. You know, I never thought to look for a wedding podcast when I was planning. I had all my books and magazines and thought I knew. I didn't know as much as I thought I did when planning. I was very overwhelming, but, um, and that's kind of what led me to, to want to create it. Like I want to create this kind of resource and there are wedding podcasts out there that I've come to find like throughout this process. There's some really great ones out there, but, um, you know, from my perspective and having a a nice mix of industry peeps and real life brides and couples that have been through the process to kind of share their war stories, yeah. if you will. Yeah. And yeah. you mentioned about um, picking guests. I've been fortunate um, to have met so many great people in the industry and they've been generous with their time with doing the show. But someone like Courtney, for example, you know, I scored with her because you know, she is this amazing harpist that not only has done weddings since she was six, which I didn't realize until the interview, mm-hmm. but how I met Courtney was when we worked for the Cleveland Gladiators together. I was cool. the in arena host of the Gladiators, indoor football arena team, and she was one of the cheerleaders. Oh, okay. And that's actually how we met and <laughs> kept in touch all these years. Yeah. That's- but she was doing all of her harp gigs in between, you know, doing games and stuff back then. Yeah. So. Yeah. That's great. But yeah, I mean, getting guests, I've just, yeah, I've been very, very fortunate.
0: Yeah. Okay. And uh, there was another episode that you did with uh a, a, a Megan? I think her name was, uh, that, uh, Megan Gilligan? Yeah, that was fantastic too. And she, uh, she has, you can tell, like I was going to say, while I was listening to that episode, I thought, if this girl doesn't have a podcast, she should have one. <laughs> she was fantastic right? as well. That was a great uh, and episode. And she does, as well. she
1: does have a podcast. Yeah. Um, and her podcast is, is focused for people in the wedding and event industry okay. space. Yep. But, um, yeah, yeah, Megan Gillikin, that, that's a stellar episode. I love that episode. Yes. I love every episode, Very but cool. that one he was you can yeah like you said you can tell when people are podcasters yeah
0: that's cool um look now you are the president of the Cleveland Association of Broadcasters so that's quite a title i guess so which is pretty cool um what <laughs> Thank you. what do what does that entail, uh, for you on a, uh, on a weekly basis sort of thing? Cause you're obviously a very busy person. Five podcasts that you produce plus your own, plus I'm sure <laughs> there's a, a myriad of other things that you do plus that. What does it entail and what does it, uh, ask from you each week?
1: So the Cleveland Association of Broadcasters, we're, um, we're a a board made up of people in the media industry. So um, whether it's production and talent, sales, marketing, and it's totally volunteer. And I think right now there's about maybe 18 of us. Um, and we meet once a month, virtually, obviously still right now, with yes. <laughs> all of us still being in COVID world. Yeah. Um, And uh, which the hard part of that is usually we, we're planning events throughout the year. And those events help us to, to raise money, our funds for our scholarship program, which is our number one focus. Um, we, we bestow four scholarships per year to students in college that are studying broadcast journalism media. Um, one of those awards is the Fred McLeod Scholarship, which is, um, a 2016, $2,000 and, 2016 scholarship <laughs> for someone studying sports journalism. And why okay. that is is because 216 is the Cleveland area code. Oh, um, yeah. but that's, that's a sports focused, uh, award. And then we have our other three for four year students and a two year uh, college student. And yeah, so on top of that, we try to do educational programs throughout the year to educate the public on the various aspects of our industry, as well as people in our industry to kind of give them fresh takes on what's going on. And um, we also induct every year, three new members into basically our hall of fame. Okay. So we bestow an award of excellence in television, in radio and in leadership. Okay. So, so every month, again, we meet and we try to come up with ways to raise money for our scholarship program, which as you can imagine was very, very difficult in 2020 and has been a slow process in 2021, but it's a lot better. Now that we kind of have our bearings,
2: mm-hmm.
1: um, we've learned how to navigate this world a little bit more. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it's a very rewarding position to be in. I've been with the board for six or seven years now, and this is my second term as president. And, um, yeah, I encourage anyone that is interested in our scholarship program or wants to donate, head to cabcleveland.com. We're um, cab underscore clea on most of social media. And you can check out those CAB conversations on our uh, Cleveland Association of Broadcasters YouTube channel as well.
0: Okay. Do Do you find that there, because of the ease of access into podcasting, that uh, you, there's a bit of a wane in the uh, traditional media in terms of the traditional broad, broadcasting and uh, a wane of people coming into that type of media uh, and people going out on their own and doing their own thing? Or is it still pretty strong in the local area, I guess, in Cleveland?
1: You mean like is television and radio still as strong? With the yeah, things it's like still as strong in terms and of about?
0: applicants and things like that. So is there as many people coming through as there was or do you have people now who you thought may have or they would have come through that process in the beginning or uh, a few years ago but now because there's so many options in terms of uh, vlogging and podcasting and blogging that uh, you're not seeing as many people come through and you're seeing more people go out on their own.
1: Oh, um, that's an interesting question. I, you know, media is just always ever evolving. Mm-hmm. You know, before podcasting really blew up, I mean, it's really technically been around for like 10 years, but didn't really become a thing until like the last few. But, um, you know, I mean, you, you had the invent, the invention of YouTube and with that, you divine, which is now to me, TikTok, you mm-hmm. know, yes. so you're constantly yeah. seeing this, this different, and, and you know, blogs before it was blogs and then people started vlogging because of the advent of things like, YouTube in mind. So I, you know, I don't really see traditional media like television and radio going anywhere anytime soon. It's just evolved. Okay. Cause I mean, if you look, I mean, I, I don't know how it is there by you, but for us here, you know, all the, the big time stations like the iHeart and, and all that. And even the TV stations, they all not only have their traditional medium, but they've all jumped over into podcasting and. Yeah having you know blogs and
0: yeah tiktok
1: videos and stuff like that so i think i don't think it's ever going to go to go away and and i don't notice a drop in that but i just think it's ever evolving
0: oh for sure look we have it here with all of our radio stations Uh, the really popular shows like the morning show and things like that on gold or triple m they all have their show uh, reposted as a a podcast for everyone mm. to enjoy at their leisure, and that on-demand feature, I think just like with movies and music, that on-demand yeah. is what's really driving the next generation of uh, of kids. They, you know, they look. My kids look at my collection of uh, DVDs and CDs, and they have no idea. They sort of like <laughs> what a waste of money. Why? <laughs> So you get all this stuff. It's so cumbersome. You just, so, you know, and I understand Spotify and things like that are a, a great, um, advent for, for everyone, uh, to actually be able to listen to, uh, a plethora of music. But, uh, uh, yeah, it's, it's a different world we live in, especially for, uh, you know, my teenagers. They don't know any better considering that's what they've been born into. Um, so, uh, like you said, it's ever evolving, ever changing. So.
1: Well, yeah, And talk about changing the game. Streaming services, mm. you know, it really started off with just like a Hulu and Netflix, but now all the major networks are like, okay, well, we got this competition. So they've all spun off on their own. Like NBC has Peacock Channel and CBS ha- uh, team with Paramount, it's Paramount Plus and, you know, Amazon Prime. Like everyone now has their own streaming service, kind of like people branching off, having their own podcast on top of what they already had yeah, yeah. just to give more options out there and yep. to compete.
0: Okay. All right, so you do a lot, and the other thing I was going to ask you, I'll, I'll actually maybe I'll ask you that later. It was just about music and the, the Hall of Fame. But what does a week look like for you? So you do so much. What does a week look like for you, starting Monday?
1: So every week kind of varies because it just depends on what recordings pop up. Okay. Um, I have the same, I, I have the same recording every Monday at two p.m. our time with Pit Pass uh, Moto, but aside from that you know, I could have three banking transform recordings in a week and we just have them banked then for like the next few weeks. So that's a weekly show. And then with informed, you know, we'll have a recording this week and then maybe two weeks from now, I'll have another one with them. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, it, 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 that's what I'm saying. Like with every show, like we could bank a bunch this week cause we got lucky with all these guests yeah. and then we could just have one this week and then one the next week and keep going. So on top of that, I'm working on as a producer, Scheduling guests and making sure everything's coordinated with that scripts yeah. are written or together. Show notes are written and together. Um, the actual like listening and, and approving, you know, working with the engineer to make sure that everything sounds, you know, good and mm-hmm. ready to go. Getting that scheduled then, um, in megaphone and, and, you know, the, for our website and getting that launched on the proper day and time. And so, I mean, that in itself is a lot. And then. Um, two of the shows I produce, Banking Transform with Jim Maroose and the Catswalk also have video components. We also record video with them. So choosing the highlight after ordering the transcript, choosing the highlights for, you know, the, the episodes, um, making sure those look good, you know, working with the, the video editor on that and then getting those sent to whomever it needs to be sent to or upload to YouTube or, you know, coordinating all that. And then with Cab, We meet once a, once a month. So whatever my task needs to be with that, with coordinating things, it it doesn't, that doesn't take up as much of my time at the moment. It will, it will be soon because we have a big event coming in the beginning of December. So I'm about to kind of ramp up more of (laughs) my role there. But (laughs)
2: yeah,
1: um, but yeah, so like that's, that's a nutshell for me in a week. It's very unpredictable for the most part, but there's a lot of the same things I need to do every week.
0: Okay. Very good. And happy podcasting day for yesterday. (laughs)
1: <laughs> Happy podcasting day. Yes.
0: Very good. All right, look, I I, I did get you under here on here to count down a top ten as well because, funnily enough, that's the major part of my show. <laughs> I
1: know, that's I love that you do this. Like seriously, it's such a great idea. Oh, thank it you. I was very so much. excited when you sent me the list of ideas. It was very overwhelming. <laughs> <laughs> There's
0: a lot there. So, and I oh, I want to
1: talk about all the things. So, <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, I ha- I actually have someone uh, who I'm going to do a show with soon. Um, he made his list and he sent it through to me, and he goes, "I'm I'm." doing more lists. And I said, well, you don't have to. he said, no, I want to. (laughs) So, uh, I said, all right, cool, we can do more shows. So, anyway. (laughs) All right. So, let's have a look at your top 10 topic, which is... Top ten favorite movie couples of all time. So I'm getting, I'm getting the idea that you're a hopeless romantic. So absolutely, you're doing a As show. As you can about see, my
1: breakfast at Tiffany's poster oh, in our dining room Audrey in the background. Hepburn,
0: yes, <laughs> uh, Jeff, love Hewitt played, uh, played her in the remake of Like Her Life Story or something, wasn't it? Her
1: Life Story. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Good, good memory. Yeah. Yeah, no, so. everyone forgets about that.
0: No, no, I, I remember that it was good. So, all right, so. We are going to count them down from ten to seven. Let's. So this is no particular order, right?
1: Oh, I, I. No, I put it in order. You did put it fantastic.
0: My I system. did because I'm Thank that you. much of a nerd. <laughs> no, that's perfect. And
1: you have a, no <laughs> idea how many times I switched this list up a little bit, but okay. My, my final.
0: Well I'm this gonna. Was, ta- this was tough. I'm gonna talk to you at the end of this list because there's one couple that you didn't have on there that we're gonna talk about.
1: I probably did at one point and just rearranged them. All right. All right. Well,
0: tell you what. Why don't you give me your number 10?
1: Okay. So I just want to clarify. This is very difficult because I had at one point Princess Bride. I, I oh, had Tee yeah, yeah. Home Alabama. I had Force and Jenny. I had Brett and Scarlet. but, yep. uh, and Linda and Steve from singles, but okay. Number 10 is Armand and Albert Goldman from The Birdcage.
0: What a performance. <laughs>
1: I mean, two incredible actors. Yeah. And, and whoever wrote these characters, bravo, because they're just so, not only funny, but they're just, it's just so heartwarming. They're to the love for each other. You know what I mean? Yeah. But, it, but without being mushy. Like there's just. It's amazing. Their performances but like the little, their are Their little fights. Yes. Yeah, because all couples fight. Yeah. It's just so, it's brilliant. It's so brilliant.
0: Yeah, look, I must admit, when I saw this on there, I had forgotten about it, and uh again, I don't know why, but I didn't even think of these two, and when I saw it on there, I went, damn, that could nearly be a number one, because they were so <laughs> um fun to watch. Um, yeah. And like you said, the little fights and things like that were were quips and things like that. It was very intelligent fighting. So it was very Yeah. <laughs> so, uh. But in the, the
1: day, they love each other and support each yeah. other, you
0: know? And they don't like Robin Williams. I You know, like you said, there's such talents. Um, and yeah, as, and, and it was a, a really, uh, flamboyant setting. I get, I think it was, it was a flo- uh, uh, Florida? Miami. Oh, yeah. It was in Florida. Yeah. Right. yeah. yeah Miami, Florida. So, so it was, and it then, was everything. You know, color
1: the son gets engaged to calissa flockhart's yes. character and then you know her very conservative new england type family uh, it's just it's all around just amazing yeah so yeah they're number so, number 10
0: uh applause on that one because I, I i'd forgotten completely and that was fantastic to see you put it on there so well done all right number nine
1: is the classic Holly Golightly Lightly and Paul Varjack from Breakfast at Tiffany's. There we go. A classic and uh, And again, it's on my wall behind me. Yes. So-, <laughs> <laughs> so
0: you couldn't leave that one out for sure.
1: Not at all. But I just love their dynamic because they're both troubled souls and you know she's doesn't want to be pinned down and he doesn't want to pin her down. He just enjoys being with her. It took mm-hmm. her a while to get that through her thick skull but she did it at the end and that's
0: all that matters um, this ice i've seen this movie but i saw it a long time ago and i grew up with my grandparents so i would see a lot of this style of movie whenever they came on tv and it was a matter of oh we get a chance to watch it so you know a lot of musicals uh showboat yeah state fair seven brothers all that sort of stuff so my grandfather i, I
1: almost had oklahoma on my list oh, there you I go took, <laughs> i took laurian i took Laurie and
0: Curly off. <laughs> so um it's been a long time, though, since I saw this movie, so uh, anything with Audrey Hepburn in it, though, is going to be amazing. Very cool. Uh, now, this one. Okay. Uh, now, <laughs> let me just tell you, uh, this... All right. I'll let you introduce your number eight no, first, and we'll are take it gonna from say, you. No, I was going to say... No, I was going to Okay.
1: I'll, number eight. <laughs> eight is Tula Portocolis and Ian Miller, My Big Fat <laughs> Greek Wedding.
0: <laughs> so... I'm married to a Greek. But I'm not great. Oh! <laughs>
1: so, so you get it, right? I
0: get this. My, my best <laughs> mate says this is my pretty much life story. So, oh, <laughs> I love that. Um, uh, yeah, my wife and I have been together, uh, for, we've been married for 24 years, but we've been together for 33 years, but it was a long time before we actually Did you get
1: married when you were like 15. You're so young.
0: No, I'm, I'm not that young, <laughs> but thank you very much. You just became my favorite, uh, guest. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, um, and, uh, it, it's funny, there are some things in there that we can just relate to because, uh, I have a different, I'm not from a Greek background, and obviously my wife is, and my, my, my in laws are, uh, are, first generation Greeks to Australia, so they, they cling on to their culture a lot. And so there were a lot of uh things that we had to work through. Uh and uh I
1: love this so much. <laughs> yeah,
0: so uh, when I saw that on there I went, okay, yeah, that, that that's a good one. We're going to be talking about that one a bit. So what in particular about <laughs> that do you love?
1: I well, I love that one she she got herself together before she was open to love. Like obviously she wanted love and she wanted adventure ex- ex- and experience, but she focused on herself and wasn't like trying to please him or like make herself over for him mm-hmm. you know she made herself over for herself but he accepts her you know her for who she is her i think crazy family lovingly not like they're actually <laughs> crazy but like you know, he's this only child from this quiet conservative parents. Yeah. And he gets thrust into this very excited household. It's <laughs> a great household.
2: That, you know, yeah, I mean, yeah, they, yeah. they
1: pick on him, like the, the brothers and the cousins all pick on him and stuff yeah. like that, but he just rolls with it. Like he's, yeah. <laughs> he loves her that much that, you know, he got baptized and went through all these things, all this crap those parents would, you know, her parents would give him and stuff that he just, well, the dad in particular, but being a dad, and, you know, he just, he loves her and he just
0: goes with and does dealt what he with has it. To. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Let, let me, um, let you in on a little secret. I actually got baptized in Greece, Orthodox to get married. I was, that's
1: a, amazing. That was
0: a little, uh, we just finished uni. My wife and I went to uni together and we just finished and I went on a, uh, after uni sort of sabbatical, oh, just a break, a holiday with two of my friends and we went to the Greek islands and they have a, um, um, uh, an apartment in Athens and then we just did the islands and then it was Italy and Spain and everything like that. But, uh, as a bit of a surprise for her, I actually got baptized in Greece on one of the islands on Paros and, um, yeah, came back, uh, uh, Orthodox and got that way we got married in a Greek Orthodox church. So when they had him <laughs> getting, and I had exceedingly long hair then too. So So
1: did you feel like the greasiness like he oh, was yeah.
0: dealing with? <laughs> 100%. So what happens is they put the oil in your hair and uh on the bottom of your feet, on your hands and things like that, and all different points they make across with the with the oil. And uh and it goes in your hair and you can't wash it out for three days. Oh so, my gosh. <laughs> so I went out dressed up when we gave a nightclub or something like that, and my hair was as greasy as you. <laughs> And I got, I had long ringlet curl hair. And I mean, hair that goes down right past, like past the middle of my back. And it was, (laughs) I've got photos. It's very funny. Um, Oh, that's great. And then you can't wash it out by rights. You can't wash it out in, you know, where the water goes to sewerage. So, I actually went into the ocean and washed myself off and cleaned myself after the, the appropriate time.
2: Wow. Um,
0: yeah. So, and then we had to, uh, you have to go to church for three, I think it was three weeks after you've been baptized. Uh, it's the sort of thing. And uh, we're, we're there on holidays. We're coming home at four or five o'clock. Uh, and then we're having to get up to go to church at six o'clock on a Sunday morning. We're falling wow. asleep in the pews and, and, <laughs> and so, and the funny thing was it was towards the end of our holiday. So my mate and I did it once and then we were supposed to do it twice back here. We did it once and said, that's close enough. So,
2: <laughs> God understands. So,
0: yeah, he understands. That's <laughs> all right. It's cool. So, um. Yeah, so sorry to, uh, that, no, that's uh, awesome. I love that you. story.
1: Thank you for sharing that. That's amazing. <laughs>
0: uh, I, I could just, uh, I could just, uh, feel, I could empathize with, uh, Ian Miller. <laughs> so, uh, that was John, John Corbett, wasn't it? Yeah. Yes. And he was, yeah. what was the, there was a, he was also in a really good series I used to watch about uh, Alaska. He was in. Uh, was it Northern Exposure? That's the one. Yes. Yeah. That's why that I was the- a
1: great show. Yeah. I forgot all about that show. I loved that show back in the day.
0: Yeah. I really liked that.
1: That so. yeah, was a great, great show. And then, of course, he went on to do Sex in the City. Of with course. Aiden.
0: Yes. Yes. Very and,
1: you know, he's, he's been with Bo Derek for a very long time. They've been together almost 30 years.
0: I didn't even know they were together. Okay. You're kidding.
1: Yeah. Oh. Yeah. 20 at minimum, but probably close to 30 years now. What's the age yeah. difference there? He's, Twelve or fifteen, her junior, I okay, think. Okay, that's not too much. So yeah. Or her right. senior? How's that work? I always, no. pre- I always think I mixed it up. He's younger, but yeah, he'd be younger. Yeah, yeah. yeah so yeah. she'd
0: be, the, yeah, she's the senior. So. Okay. Yeah. All right. Number seven.
1: It's Robbie Hart and Julia Sullivan, <laughs> the wedding singer. Very cool. I mean, she doesn't get to be Julia Gulia, which makes me very happy. I love her and Robbie <laughs> together, and you could just tell their rapport, like again brilliant writing the rapport from the get-go when they meet at the wedding in the beginning and they start off as friends first which you know i think is key for relationships my husband and i we were friends first and i think it's really good to have that foundation um and that's one of the things i love about that couple they get to know each other as friends first and kind of build upon there and then at the end when he goes after her, so she isn't elope with that asshole. Yeah. Jerk. Can okay, I swear on here? He I certainly know. can. That's um, fine. Okay. And uh, he plays that song for her and <laughs> just love it. Yeah,
0: it's pretty cool. And I must admit, I do like show, not so much probably for the dynamic between those two, which is, is great. <laughs> don't get me wrong, but it's all fi-
1: the 80s nostalgia. Yeah.
0: John Lovitz and all that sort of stuff. It's just so funny. Uh, <laughs> Billy
1: adol on the plane. Yeah. It's Billy. Oh, that's it. Exactly right.
0: <laughs> uh, yeah. It's a really cool. Well, there was 1998 too. Uh, what else came out? Um, was it 51st dates? That came out that year. That
1: well? that was after that. That, that was, was after that. that. Uh yeah. yeah, that was a couple of years after that.
0: I've never seen that movie. Uh do they still have that do they just have an on screen chemistry or was it? Not oh, great? they
1: they for sure do have an on screen chemistry. So this this might be controversial for my rom com fans. Um Fifty First Dates was one of the handful of movies that after I left the theater, I was like, I kind of want my money back. <laughs> and I, I, I love Drew Barrymore.
2: Yeah,
1: I love Adam Tamblyn too. But I'm a big Drew Barrymore fan, like okay. since I was young. But the movie just yeah, it didn't. I hit. mean, there's parts. Yeah, there's parts that are endearing, obviously, but just kind of bored me. Okay. And if I just had like the wedding singer expectations in my head or not, but yeah, I don't know.
0: Yeah, I well, I still haven't seen that yet. So, I, I just knew it was another one where the Let me know team, what so. you
1: think when you do.
0: Okay. I'll I'll have to put aside some time to watch it uh with Netflix and everything else nowadays and my 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 eldest boy uh telling me to watch this and watch that. And what, yeah, it's uh <laughs> you know, it, it might be down the list unfortunately. But, <laughs> but I'll let you know if I do watch it, so.
1: I understand. <laughs> All right,
0: cool. All right, look, why don't we Take a break from the countdown and we'll ask you some questions about Leah again, getting to know you a little bit better. So we, we understand that you're a very busy broadcaster. What do you do for fun? What do you do away from broadcasting and like sport or hobbies or anything like that?
1: Um, so yeah, I, I enjoy going for walks and runs i'm actually competing not competing it's competing with myself but there's a the Cleveland marathon is coming up at the end of this month and i haven't done it since 2018 and i'm going to be back at it doing the 5k saturday and half marathon sunday
0: oh okay so it's
1: the yeah it's the it's the challenge series so i yeah i enjoy being out in nature i don't get to do sports like i used to but i love doing sports like three years i was a cheerleader and did softball and volleyball and all that jazz. Um, but I love just frolicking around my beloved Cleveland, just going to the different restaurants. I love supporting independent restaurants and, and stores, boutiques. Um, yeah, I, hanging out with my husband. Yep. You know what? Now that's becoming fall winter, we'll go back to being video game nerds. Oh, cool. And we'll sit there for hours playing, um, cities and skylines. Have uh, you ever okay. played that?
0: No, it's I'm so fun. more of a COD player myself. So yeah. Oh, oh okay,
1: yeah, and trivia. That's the other thing. Like my friends and oh, I will triv- do board game nights and oh, trivia. Like we're yes. huge about it. Like one of my best friends hosts trivia nights and stuff like that and all for games, all for trivia Fantastic. and board games. I yeah. love
0: trivia. I, I listen to about four trivia podcasts. So <laughs> Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, I have I had one as my second guest uh on the show, Super Fun Time Trivia from Canada. Uh they do a live trivia event as well and they just make it into a podcast. Oh, it's, that's cool. Yeah, it's really, it's, it is really cool. It's more adult, uh, trivia. <laughs> so the, the questions are pretty normal, but, uh, the byplay, uh, the interaction between the two hosts is, uh, <laughs> more of an adult <laughs> level. So, uh, it's funny.
1: Uh, but I know I love the adult games like Cards Against Humanity. And yes. <laughs> um I I bought during lockdown, there's this YouTube channel I, I'm hooked on. because I love psychology and sociology. So I, when I get things like this, it gets me all excited. But it's called um Cut. And okay. they do a game called Truth or Drink. Okay. And so they'll have like couples on there. They'll have uh, uh, exes on there. They'll have a parent and their child. And they ask them these questions. And if you don't want to answer it, you have to do a shot.
0: Uh <laughs> this could get messy and, very quickly. And, and
1: so I, I bought it. <laughs> Especially they the now sell shops. it as like a game. Well, and there's different, there's different, um, levels. Like you can okay. just do like the tamer ones that you'd play through with like your coworker yeah, yeah. or something, you know? And then they have like the super raunchy. Yeah. Like you're playing with your significant other, <laughs> yeah, you know? Yeah. Okay. Um, so that's when you can really find out about each other. And yeah,
0: which could we be. We tried
1: playing that during quarantine and it was good and bad
0: <laughs> yeah i was about to say that could be yeah that could go one of two ways
1: <laughs> uh, I, I recommend truth or drink it's super fun
0: i'm gonna have a look at that for sure definitely so you were involved with a lot of the sporting teams in cleveland so are you a big sports fan
1: oh yeah yeah, yeah. no i i love all of our sport all of our sports teams um Definitely a, a huge Browns fan and Indians okay. fan. Like I just got, got to go to an Indians game with Evergreen. We had a company, um, a company night out there and it was so, so much fun because I hadn't been to a game all season mm-hmm. and it was the last week that we're going to be the Indians because we're, we're about to change next season yes. to the Guardians. Yeah. Yeah, I heard, yeah. And so it was awesome. get to be at the ballpark and, you know, enjoy that ending of one part of our history right mm. and then uh, i was just at the browns home opener not the actual game tailgating because tailgating is it's basically a sport here in cleveland <laughs> you're you're up and you're drinking in the parking lots surrounding yeah. the stadium by like 7 a.m and um yeah i love it i live i live for football season I, out that. of all the sports like i played softball for years and i love baseball but if, if i had it to if i had to choose i'd say i'm a football girl okay. first yeah.
0: yeah yeah look it's it's a huge uh it's a hugely popular sport obviously we we have um you'd be surprised we have a lot of people that follow nfl in Australia. Oh yeah. Yeah, and we have um one of the guys in a, a, a group that I'm in, a podcast group that I'm in on Instagram. They actually do a fantasy football league, and he does a podcast oh. for that called Astro League um a podcast. And they're all Australians, and they're all mad NFL fans. That's um, awesome. Yeah, it's really cool. Uh, they're like the NFL version of me with hockey, I guess. So <laughs> I really love my hockey. I, I'm a Dolphins fan as well. I do like the NFL, but um. But yeah, they dolphins uh... is my
1: husband's other favorite team.
0: Oh, really? Very good. Yeah. So, uh, Rudy. So. Rudy. <laughs> so how Patrick
1: is... Rudy. I was
0: about to say, how did he get to? So his name obviously is Patrick. Uh, mm-hmm. Is there a story that you can tell why he got the name Rudy?
1: <laughs> it's funnier when he tells it, but I can I can give you the Cliff's Notes version. Okay. It's a really awesome story. So, uh, um, my my. Husband's mom was in labor with him and his Uncle Joe. Um, Uncle Joe wasn't married to Aunt, Aunt Nene at the time, but they were together. Well, he wanted to be there for the birth. He didn't have a car. He's been waiting at the bus stop trying to get this bus to, you know, take him there. And this is 1975, mind you. Okay? okay. So right by the bus station was like this convenient motor or something. So Uncle, <laughs> Uncle Joe saw this guy. Get out of his car. Left it running to run inside to get something. So he hopped in his car and stole oh, it. No. <laughs> and went to the hospital. <laughs> oh god. Just missed Rudy being born. Right. Yeah. And um, so, but he gets there and he gets to see him. He goes back with the car, and the guy's still there. And again, seventy-five. There's no like cell phones. and yep. da, da, da. but you know, this is like two or three hours later, and the guy is like still. <laughs> yeah. Where's my car? Where's my car? <laughs> you know. <laughs> so joe brings it back he explains the story like the situation to the guy the guy's like i'm not gonna press charges and the guy's name was rudy so joe then tells um patrick's dad and mom like you should name name him rudy as a thank you for not pressing charges (laughs) (laughs) and they're like no he's gonna be a junior but he he just called him rudy and it caught on with the family so close family and friends he's Rudy
0: that's fantastic what a story and something you'd never (laughs) see happen again
1: no (laughs) definitely not this time (laughs) no no Uh,
0: that's great Uh, very good (laughs) uh look music is a big part of your life as well you were talking Mm -hmm. about um uh, the rock and roll hall of fame before and you also had some involvement with country music as well Oh, not
1: think of country music? Oh, country. I, I was at the country music radio station.
0: Yes. The country music. I interned at the radio station. Oh, sorry. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. All right. Um, so w- first of all, I've got to ask, what's with Cleveland being the home of rock and roll?
1: The, num- the number one main reason, uh, the term rock and roll was coined here in Cleveland by radio disc jockey Alan Freed. Okay. The, the actual term rock and roll was birthed here. And, um, you know, when the Beatles first came to America, they played here at Cleveland Public Hall. Elvis played up here. I mean, the music scene blew up here with artists from here. You mm-hmm. know, you had Eric Carmen and the Raspberries and Devo out of Akron and all these great acts. Um, you know, when bands would come here, they'd hang out the legendary swingos. And so we, we have a deep history, but the, the first and foremost is the actual term rock and roll was birthed here.
0: Okay. Okay, I did well. That's something I've learnt, which is is great, and I'll uh, <laughs> I'll hold on to that one for the next trivia that I go to. In next so. time,
1: you need to come to Cleveland and check out the Rock Hall.
0: Yeah, definitely. That'd be that'd be great. That'd be fantastic. Okay, Um bands. Do you like to see bands live? Love, okay. love,
1: love, love. What, oh yeah, big, what, big about seeing musical artists.
0: So who's your favourite? Or who are some of your favourites?
1: As I say I, there's there can't be number one. I I guess if I had to pick a number one, it'd probably be when I got to see. Um It was my 21st birthday present to myself. I took my mom. Prince, oh, 2004 okay. Musicology tour uh, front row.
0: Oh uh, no! And, and
1: he did the round. And he did the round stage. Yeah, yeah. And the first in the first like 5,000 people at the arena got the Musicology album, so I got it. Oh, fantastic! Walking in the door. That I mean, that was a dream. Yeah. Like seeing him come up from, you know. From below the stage, yeah. coming up, and he had these really high <laughs>
0: heels, boots. Yeah.
1: The heels were all sequined. Yeah. Oh, oh, no. He, he was—it was a dream. It was everything I wanted and more. He was
0: the first perfection. First album I ever bought, like first vinyl album I ever bought, was 1999. So, ah! yeah. so, yeah, no, I'm with you there. I'm, I'm yeah, there I had a cassette
1: tape somewhere. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but really yeah, cool. I, I mean, I've been fortunate to see so many great acts. Like, I've seen Def, Le- Def Leppard a handful of times. Yep. They're fantastic, both in the arena and outside. Mm-hmm. Um, I saw Clapton. I saw the Eagles. I saw Fleetwood Mac with all the original members. Oh, okay. Yep. Um, I, I've seen Kem is one of my favorites. Uh, Vince Gill, one of my favorites. Mm-hmm. Um, gosh, I've just been, I've been so fortunate. Well, a a really cool concert I went to was, I think it was called Rock to the Rescue Tour. It was 2002 and the benefit and the the money from the event went towards the, um, firefighters and safety forces from 9-11. Okay. And it was an all day event early on the day. It was like Eddie money. It was Sam from Sam and Dave. It was, uh, Gosh, um, Tommy Shaw of Sticks Solo Work. And then the four headliners was Bad Company, ARIO Speedwagon, Foreigner, and then Sticks. <laughs> Fit rounded out. <laughs> that was cool. an incredible day. Yeah. I was 19 and it was awesome.
0: Oh, that's great. That's fantastic. Oh, very cool.
1: But yeah. I've been, I've been very, very fortunate.
0: Oh, that's good. With podcasts. So you, you obviously involved with podcasts and you, you do a podcast yourself. Do you have a list of podcasts that you listen to as well uh, regularly?
1: Uh, Yeah. I mean, I try. It's so hard because when you're working on so many podcasts to try to, like, make the space. But I I do. So, you know, with Evergreen, we have over 100 podcasts. Mm. um, But some of the ones from our network that I really enjoy listening to are Riffs on Riffs, which Mm -hmm. if you're a music fan and lover, it's a great one. Five Minute News. We now have West Wing Reports. Burn the Boats, especially if you love politics and history. And then not from our network, that I do listen to um, the Bouquet Toss, which I was recently a guest on. Okay. That's a fantastic wedding podcast um, done by Budget Savvy Bride. And then the Noel Kasler podcast. And Noel, if you don't know him, he is a comedian, but he's spent decades working in production. And he worked behind the scenes on The Apprentice and the Miss USA pageant and all this. And he basically said, screw you, Trump, with your NDA. I'm telling everybody everything. And so, every episode, he really kind of like... Let's fly. He gives you the tea. (laughs) But it's also, like, not just about, like, Trump and his evil administration. It's also, like, all this other cool life experiences he's had over the years working in production because he's worked on Super Bowls and Oscars and Grammys and yeah. he told uh, his story about Lollapalooza 99 and watching all that destruction happen and uh-huh, okay. it, that's, a, uh, that's an awesome podcast.
0: Oh, I might check that one out as well. So, very cool. Yeah. Look, with podcasting and the producing, do you prefer one over the other?
1: You mean like hosting yeah, versus Yeah, so being a producing? host or
0: being a producer, which do you probably – you find more rewarding because I could understand as being a producer, when you see something go out and you've done all the work behind there and it goes out, and it goes smoothly and you go, that's a great feeling.
1: Um, it is. So but I also love being talent. <laughs> I also <laughs> love it. You know, I love interviewing people yeah. and my background was obviously television, you know, before podcasting and
2: mm-hmm.
1: it just kind of innate in me to I'll have a conversation non-working and it start turning it into an interview. And I don't do it purposely, but people will laugh. And be like, you're turning into an interviewer. And I'm like, I'm not trying to. Um, it, it's, it's hard. That's like a Sophie's choice. I can't make a decision. That's, that's, that's right. what I love about my show. The two worlds collided and I, yeah. get, to, I get to host and produce it. And so. produce
0: it, which is fantastic. Yeah. yeah. Right. right. <laughs> that's good to hear. All right. Look, let's get back to your countdown. Uh, I okay. think we were up to number six. So, what have you it's, got at number six?
1: It's Prince Akeem Jaffer, and Lisa McDowell from my favorite comedy of all time, Coming to America.
0: <laughs> <laughs> this, is, this is really your favorite comedy of all time?
1: All time. Hands oh, okay. down.
0: Soul Oh, yeah. Beverly, Fun, Hills,
1: Beverly Hills Cop and Ghostbusters are kind of like fighting for a second place. But yeah, yeah. Since, I was, since it came out, Coming to America is my favorite comedy.
0: Okay. Very good. And what about-
1: so You can imagine my excitement when part two came out last year.
0: I haven't seen it. Is it any, oh, is it? it's so
1: good! Okay. Yeah, there's haters out there like, oh, it's not as good as the first one. It's like, well, they weren't trying to make it. You know, this is just go just go with it. <laughs> like, they weren't trying to tap the, the first. one. You yeah. can't tap the first one. I thought they honored it. Appropriately,
0: Very good. Oh, it's good to see. Yeah, yeah. Look, it, that's one of, the, one of the lists that I do, I offer up is what's a sequel that killed a franchise or killed the first movie sort of thing uh, or m- sequels that were better than the, than the first movie and classic movies that have had such an impact, especially on a gener- generation, you know, because they're you know, all in the 80s or all in the 90s and they're one of those movies that stands out and this is one of those movies for sure. You hate it ruined by mm-hmm. uh, a less than capable sequel. And so I, I want to see it. I will see it. Um, but it's good to hear that, uh, someone who loves the original so much said that this is a good movie. What about the, the, is it just the fact that it's such a, uh, a love story and there's so many impediments to those two getting together that actually makes you like this couple?
1: Well, yeah. I mean, think of it. He, he's a prince. He doesn't want her knowing this, obviously. And she was with this douchey guy played by Eric LaSalle, you know, uh, the, What was he like? The, uh, the kid of the guy that created Soul Glow. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So, (laughs) so technically she was with this guy who's, you know, rich. Yeah. And, but she falls for Akeem thinking he's just, you know, a worker at her dad's fast food restaurant. Like Mm -hmm. she saw him for him Mm -hmm. and he obviously adored her for who she is. There's all those girls on the stage in their bikinis that he noticed like the beautifully spoken Lisa. Yeah. So yeah, I just, I love their, I love their dynamic.
2: Yeah, very good.
1: And when she finds out he's a prince and that he didn't tell her, she was mad at him. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but
0: Yeah, but I not love not for too long. I, I love that movie. Yeah, she was mad, but not for too long.
1: <laughs> yeah. When you think of garbage, think of Akeem. I love it. I love that. I, I, I just couldn't quote from it all day. And Arsenio so Hall freaking good.
0: Arsenio Hall plays such a cool like for me, some of the best moments in that movie too come from him. Uh, yes. yeah, it's such a cool movie. Yes. All right, <laughs> number five, what's hey, – number five, plate?
1: Wayne Campbell and Cassandra Wong from Wayne's World. No, you're talking about – And I see Wayne's World too as well. Yes. I love Wayne's World. <laughs> it's up <out> there <laughs> with the comedies as well, but what a fun couple. Like, you know, he is not what you would – if you look at her, you'd think that, you know, maybe she'd go for. Um, you'd think more like the Rob Lowe character, right? Mm-hmm and uh but she she loves him for who he is and was already a fan of his show before you know his random basement show right yeah and he learns cantonese to try to talk to her <laughs> and any guy that goes out of his way to try to learn another language to like
0: official oh, sure. you know, impress yeah yeah
1: you know that's that's big so yeah they're a great couple. And then, of course, one of my favorite scenes in that movie is them when she like, takes the phone call in the bedroom and he does, like, the happy birthday, <laughs> <Mr. President. laughs> I used to make her laugh when she's on the phone. Yeah, I yeah, yeah. love that. Yeah.
0: Mike Myers is one of my favorite comedians. He is Sweet. very, very versatile. And uh, I actually think um, it's, not, it's not related to the couple as such, but when he has – I think it's in the second one where he has the fight with her – is it her father? And he's speaking yeah. Cantonese to him.
1: Yes.
0: <laughs> or and they recreate the graduate, yeah. and when yeah. like he
1: gets her out of the, right. uh, the <laughs> chapel.
0: <laughs> uh, There's just so many good parts of that movie, and uh, yeah, it's a classic. And and yeah, uh, what can you say? It's uh, it's great. And look, like you said, again, it's a uh, a couple that you probably look at and go nah not gonna happen and uh, not gonna happen in the real world sort of thing but ah uh, well that's the fun of it as well
1: he has that dream weaver moment when he first lays eyes on her and like that's true like love at first sight right
0: yeah well it's a true everything dream stops
1: with that person yeah, it's
0: a true dream weaver moment because i think they played that in the background didn't they yeah mm-hmm. that's all right yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> whatever happened to tia carrera I haven't seen her after.
1: She did Dancing with the Stars like years ago. We never saw that. I don't know of anything really since then. Maybe she's doing bit parts of of something. I don't know. I haven't seen anything in a minute. I don't think since Dancing with the Stars I've seen anything. But yeah, talk about talent, though.
0: Oh yeah, definitely.
1: Really, she really sang on that movie.
0: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. No, she like he said, she can wail. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Um. So, what's at number four?
1: Number four is Kathleen Kelly and Joe Fox from You've Got Mail.
0: Okay. Now that was Meg Ryan and Tom Hanks. Yeah. yeah. yeah and this right. is
1: actually the third time they partnered up for a movie. Cause first they did Joe versus the volcano. Oh, that's right. And then after that was sleepless in Seattle. Um, so this was the third, um, and my favorite of, of their partnerships. And, you know, sometimes it, it, some people like look at that movie and think, Oh, well, they were fighting the whole time and he was putting her out of business. But I look at the layer. Like that was like the fun snippiness, right? But like you look at the actual relationship, which is them being pen pals, not knowing
0: (laughs) that it's yeah, that it's each other, right? And they were getting
1: to know each other on that level. And he was already helping inspire her to like, you know, because she she in the movie was like, (laughs) I love my shop, and I feel a little lost, and with it closing, you know, and she was missing her mom who passed away and had started that bookshop, and she was like, I just feel like there's something more, you know, for me, basically. And he inspired her without her knowing it was him at first mm-hmm. to eventually not you know spoil alert here, but you know she ends up writing children's books um and so but if it hadn't been for you know his encouragement as the secret guy online, you know she maybe wouldn't have gone that route, and then him being Joe Fox, the business guy that she does know, putting her out of business kind of obviously forced that too, but once they become friends in person before she knows it's him later on in the movie like. I don't know i think they have a really good dynamic
0: yeah it, it's funny because like you said i want uh, you have someone who you're fighting with like that like they you know that back and forward with with them but then there's obviously that uh, support and that connection through uh, the correspondence once you find out that that's the same person i'd I, think that was a really awkward situation (laughs) so you again could go one of two ways right
1: uh, yeah at the end at the end when he unveiled it was him you know lucky for him she was like i was hoping it was you because uh, (laughs) if it went the other way we'd have a different kind of movie (laughs) yeah definitely
0: look i've got to say 1998 that was that movie uh, but there was also another movie with meg ryan that year and i thought maybe you might have gone for that one because that's a that's kiss
1: oh oh right with nick cage yeah Uh, see i i think it's a great movie but it it didn't really do anything for me like i think i I, almost on my list was french kiss okay which won't stream anywhere so netflix or hulu whoever like get together and get french kiss for me so i can watch it again but her and kevin klein that movie are brilliant yeah love it okay
0: Yeah, look, City of Angels was different. It was just because it was a bit more of a soppy love story. I thought maybe you might have been drawn to it. So.
1: <laughs> no, it kind of, like, didn't do anything for me. Like, like yeah. Titanic doesn't do anything for me.
0: Yeah, like, yeah I'm sorry. Oh,
1: you know, yeah. I'll never let you go, and then, like, she lets them go i don't know It yeah. was just like ah, i can't
0: but the best thing come out of that movie was probably goo goo dolls that song so yeah
1: yes that's actually when you said city of angels that's the first thing that like it started playing in my head i think it's
0: for everyone <laughs> because they forget the movie and remember the music so yeah. <laughs> all right cool uh what's that number oh okay number three this is this is one that stood out for like yeah but, oh okay. yeah
1: number number three is barbara and adam maitland from beetlejuice
0: don't say it anymore and
1: anyone that knows me knows it's one of my all-time favorite movies and my husband and i have been beetlejuice and lydia twice for halloween oh already. fantastic i'm gonna oh, see photos yeah. of that like That's on. oh yeah i'll send to you for sure like hardcore all about it um yeah it's one of my favorite movies since it came out I have it pretty much memorized. <laughs> oh,
2: pretty cool.
1: uh, I have the Christmas ornament of Beetlejuice <laughs> <laughs> on my Christmas tree every like, year. I love this couple. And it's so funny. So last year during lockdown, uh, I told my husband at one point, I don't know how many months into it we were. I go, I really feel like... It, and we're newlyweds, right? Because we got married May of 19. Lockdown okay. happens oh, in March of 2020, oh, right? Yeah, yeah. We, we still haven't had a honeymoon because we we're going to go on our honeymoon for the one year anniversary, but oh, we were in lockdown. So yeah. I told my husband, I go... I I truly get it now. Like I really feel like we're Barbara and Adam because it's like we're dead you're and we're just stuck. living in this house. Yeah. We might as well be wearing the same pajamas every day. Yeah, I'm yeah. I'm constantly dusting and it's constantly dusty. <laughs> like <laughs> I I feel them.
0: Okay. Yeah. Look, that's
1: if you go outside, you're gonna get eaten by a sandworm. That's COVID.
0: Yeah. You that's, know. That's <laughs> yeah. Look, I never thought of it that way, but you you're <laughs> sort of right. That's that's not great. Poor thing getting married when you did and then having all this happen. So that's, uh, yeah, not the great look. You got a lot to make up for, I guess, after COVID and lockdown and everything like that. that. for
1: so, sure. Yeah. But like, so Barbara and Adam as a couple, though, I mean, talk about like, if you are going to have to die with someone, you better hope that you do love them. Like of their course. love, <laughs> yeah. you know, you're stuck with them literally for eternity. Eternity is a long time. Think about that when you're going to get married. Yeah. Who would you want to be in lockdown in eternity with? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, but they 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 just balance each other really well. You know, they both have their, he has like his like neuroses, like he builds his like city and he has his little things and mm-hmm. I don't know, I just, I like, I like how they balance each other and they try to help each other navigate the afterlife. Yeah. And this, this couple, this family that moves in, that's completely opposite of them and
0: yeah, Gina Davis so, was great, too. I thought it was a really good performance by her. She was, uh you know, she's very got a very expressive face and she definitely used it in that movie. And it was like that sort of movie, I guess. Uh, uh, Michael Keaton, again, one of my favorite roles of his as well. It's a great it's, movie. Yeah. Yeah. And-
1: the entire cast. I mean, the great Catherine O'Hara, mm-hmm. who some people are just discovering now because of Schitt's Creek, but like. Yeah. And fun fact, I learned about this from her watching Watch What Happens with Andy Cohen. She met her husband on the set of Beetlejuice. He's one of the set designers. Oh, okay. Or was the set designer. Oh, fantastic. And they're still married to this day, but yeah.
0: Yeah, that's great. Oh, cool story. Yeah, nice. Yeah. Very good. All right, so uh we're up to number two. Now, number two, uh, you're going to do all the heavy lifting on this one because <laughs> – I I
1: I wondered if you've ever seen any of it.
0: No. I I know what it is. I mean it's from
1: the 80s, but it's definitely a female driven. Yeah. And if you're a you know, literature nerd, mostly female though. But um yes, my number two is Anne Shirley and Gilbert Blythe from Anne of Green Gables and Anne of Green Gables, you know, trilogy. Mm -hmm. Um so Anne is adopted. And this it takes place in Canada. This is like Prince Edward Island. Okay. So Anne Shirley is this feisty redhead orphan that gets adopted by, um, this brother and sister who are older. They're, they're probably set, like sixties, seventies, somewhere in there. And they were actually trying to a- adopt a boy so that he could help with the farm. But, you know, Matthew, um, the brother, it's Matthew and Martha. So Matthew goes to the train station to pick her up and, this little red-headed girl, <laughs> right? So yeah, it
0: doesn't look so like then, a boy.
1: <laughs> and they were going to give her back, but then they decided to keep her. And like, this is the best decision they ever made. So they put her in school and there's this, uh, boy in the class named Gilbert and he starts picking on her because obviously he's a crush on her and he calls her carrots and all of okay. her hair. And she breaks a, She breaks a chalk slate over his head. This is like late 1800s. <laughs> yeah. And so, and so through Anne of Green Gables and Anne of Avonlea, you kind of watch not only their personal growth as, as people, but, but then you watch their love develop. Ah, okay, yeah. Any, any Anna Green Gables fan knows and understands.
0: Okay, so... They were
1: always meant to be together.
0: So, uh, you'd be a fan of Downton Abbey and all, all that sort of stuff as well? The Victorian era? I,
1: it's on or? my list to still watch. Like, I haven't <laughs> watched it yet. Well, I'm kind of picky when it comes to the time period piece stuff. Okay. I yeah. don't know. Like, I still haven't watched The Crown, but I'd like to, mm-hmm. you know. Um yeah, I haven't watched *Out in Abbey* yet, but I'm sure I'll get to binging it at some point. Okay. But I fell in love with *Angry Gables*. It came out, you know, when I was a kid in the '80s on PBS, and I had the VHS cassette tapes. And you okay, know. so yeah, I, it you're just, into you remember? Know, it. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah.
0: And that one—that's that that's sort of a, a relationship that happens over, you know, a long period and things like that. There's mm-hmm. so much invested in it. That I can see how it would be, you know, especially if you read the books or watched the the movies or the series, mm-hmm. you'd be really invested in their relationship and how that would have that impact. So yeah, that's that's
1: yeah. And I have all ten books in the series. Oh, okay. So, you know, comparing that to how they did the movies, I actually prefer the movies. Oh. I think they did a good job of condensing some of the books. Yeah, because like Anna Avonlea is the second movie in the trilogy, and that's where. Um, you know, they end up graduating from high school and going off to university, and it's separate university. They they are not around each other. They kind of keep in touch once in a blue moon, but you know, via letter. But um, you see their personal journey, but then they they come together and will they, won't they? And (laughs) this spoiler alert: some turned down proposals at first, but um, but yeah, but like you know, the book series, it was book number three where the proposals happen, but you know, okay. to put it in part two, what would be part two. So, yeah, I mean, it's just, it's, it's, it's fully really fun. And I really, really recommend anyone that hasn't seen Anna Green Gables and Anna Avonlea to check it out. I forgot okay. the name of the third movie. The third movie is where they actually get married, okay. but um, nice. and there's war. You know. Oh, not so nice. Okay.
0: <laughs> well, I can't guarantee that I'm going to go watch them, but uh, I, I do know of them, as I said. But anyway, that's cool. Look, why don't we have a little bit of a break? I'll let you have some water. I'll go have a coughing fit, and we'll come back with uh, a special round of questions for you. Perfect. And we're back in with Leah from Weddings Unveiled. And we have uh, the last set of questions for Leah before we get to her number one. And I've made this a, a wedding-themed round of questions. So uh, it's, well, some of them are quick-fire questions. So answer them as best you can, as quickly as you can. The rest, obviously, there might be a story behind them. So we'll be, we'd love to hear that as well. So anyway... We'll start with number one. If you could pick one artist to perform at your wedding, who would it be? Musically,
1: oh, that's so tough. Um, maybe Kem. Who is Kem? He's a R and B artist out of uh, Detroit. Okay, he's phenomenal, and oh yeah. Okay, maybe him. It's tough. That's tough, though. There's a a lot. But if if Prince can come back to life, that'd be great. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Very good. Uh, What was your bridal waltz dance or song? Your dance song, sorry.
1: Our first dance was to, um, yeah, our first dance was to I Love You by Climax Blues Band. Oh, nice. I'm a big Yat Rock nerd. So, okay. I was Yarak okay. before it was cool. Okay. So. <laughs> Very
0: good. We had, a big, we had a big fight with my wife and I about the first dance. So she got to you have. You did? Yeah. So, well, not a big fight, but it was. So we, this, we, we actually had a, a bit of a trade off. So she said, I'm picking the bridal dance. And I said, no problems. I'm doing the music for the video, for the wedding oh. video. So you'll, see, you'll hear Extreme and Joe Satriani and things like that on our wedding video. And we danced to, um, uh, I finally found someone. By uh, I can't. Barbara Streisand. Oh, uh, so, yeah. <laughs> so, Aww. yeah. I didn't like that song, but <laughs>
1: <laughs> we we were torn between that and um, oh, it was S- Sade. Um, Oh yeah. Not ordinary love. Uh, I'm blanking. Not smooth operator. Uh, by your side. <laughs> okay. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. By your side, yeah. Shade. We it, we were narrowed down to those two. Yeah. And we um played them both in the kitchen while making dinner and slow danced to each of them and Oh
0: beautiful. Nice.
1: He sorry, honey, but he may have gotten the clench when we were dancing to I Love You and that's when it became official.
0: Uh
1: very he's so cute. Very
0: good. <laughs> I wanted a, a song by Extreme called When I First Kissed You. Uh and uh I think she when I played it to her, she was like, Oh yeah, that would have been a nice one, but she still Stuck with her, so anyway. she's still
1: on with Barbara. Yeah, exactly. That was one. <laughs> uh,
0: what would be your ideal wedding ceremony setting, other than a church, <laughs> or is it the church?
1: Well, we got married at a brewery. Oh, nice! Yeah, <laughs> makes Great the reception Lakes easy. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, Great Lakes Brewing Company. That's oh, where we boy. got married, and that's that's where we um also like officially started dating and falling in love during the Christmas ale tapping, which oh, is actually coming gosh. up. We'll be celebrating seven years together. Fantastic. Um, and two and a half married now. But um yeah, so aside from a brewery, I really thought I'd have like a barefoot on the beach wedding or a lope in Vegas.
0: Okay. <laughs> Fair <laughs> enough. Uh, ideal honeymoon destination.
1: Maybe one day I'll get my honeymoon in yeah, Vegas. No, I didn't know um, that. So I don't I have the in. <laughs> but, but Paris has always been a dream to go to, and then my husband and I really both want to go to Poland and Ireland too.
0: Okay. Uh, so very good. Yeah. What's one thing you could have, uh, you would have changed about your wedding day if you could?
1: I would have been better about my budget.
0: Uh, okay, <laughs> but I don't think you're Robinson Crusoe there in terms of uh, blowing the budget.
1: <laughs> I mean, we still did really good for like you know having a, maybe a hundred people, but yeah. um, we'll be paying it down for a long time still. Okay, regardless, fair enough, <laughs> even with saving as much as we could.
0: <laughs> What's the worst thing you've seen happen or heard of happening at a wedding?
1: You know, um, I guess nothing super terrible. I mean, you hear stories about people getting stood up in that, but p- my personal experience, I guess the worst is just people getting so hammered that they're just like crying and fighting.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah? You know? Yeah. That's that's the worst. Fortunately. Yeah, but- <laughs> before
0: they can make a speech, all that sort of stuff, yeah. Okay.
1: Yeah. So, at the end of the night, and then there's like hammered and crying in the ladies' room, and I hate him. Oh. It's like, <laughs> oh, my God, get out of here.
0: Um, what is your favorite wedding that you've seen? So, it can be celebrity or not, uh, but or you're attended, or you've just seen on TV. What's a favorite wedding?
1: Okay, I'll go celebrity route because- there's been so many great ones from my family and friends over the years. And I've been fortunate that every wedding I've been in has been awesome. Um, so celebrity wise, my favorite wedding is Cindy Crawford and Randy Gerber. They're oh. barefoot in the beach in the Bahamas. Okay. Simple, beautiful, romantic. Lovely.
0: Yeah. Oh, very good. Yeah. Back to the beach again. So <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, can or should a woman propose? And the fact that I'm even asking that in this time, I know is, but some people have some traditional ideas on things. So
1: no, so okay. So with this, yeah, I mean, women, we should be able to do whatever we want. Right. But I will say there's a little, a little thing with this. Yes. I think women should be able to propose. And like you said, we are in times now that I think we should just like, of course, get it together. People, it's allowed. However, However, I will say this is something that you need to talk about with your significant other because if if you, this is something that your significant other, whether it's a you know, male or female, mm-hmm. obviously, yeah. that's something that they've always wanted to do or they feel strongly about them, whether it's a gender role thing or, you know, we're talking about like a lesbian couple. Maybe the, the other woman wants that role that wants of to be course. able to do that. They, yeah. They've dreamt of doing that themselves. I think this is where um, a couple needs to have the discussion up front when they're starting to talk about like, Hey, I want to marry you one day. Like, what does that look like for you? Like, is this something that would bother you if I did it? Okay. Is this something that, cause whether it's like really important to your partner. Yeah. Even more so than to you. You know what I mean? You don't want to, you don't want to, it's not even just a general thing. It's just something that they've always wanted to do. Maybe figure that out first. So you're not hurting someone's feelings or making them feel uncomfortable or, you know, cause it does make them uncomfortable and not you. Maybe that's, a uh, deeper discussion y'all need to be having about yeah, your future sure. and your roles, you yeah. know, cause that's going to then translate to chores and yep. family planning and, you know, yeah. kind of can snowball. So I, I say yes to women being able to propose, but have a conversation to make sure your partner is like on the same page as you. Yeah. Uh,
0: it's a, it's one of those things, I guess that I think you're right in terms of communication. Uh, I to this day, you know, 33 years on, have never been allowed to forget the fact that I never really proposed. <laughs> we were really we were actually together for nine years before we got married. Um,
1: well, you met in university, right? Yeah.
0: So she was uh, I was at first year uni, and Christine was uh, actually finishing off her HSC, which is finishing off high school here. Uh, and then we she came to the same uni, and then we we spent time together there. So, but it was like you know. Because of the the issues we had had with family and things like that, uh, it was like, well, you know, where are we going, sort of thing. And it's like, well, I've booked the booked church for for February. What do you reckon? Ah, oh, sorry, for for April. And um, this was in February, so we got our wedding together between February and April. Uh, oh my gosh! And uh, uh, yeah, I'm never allowed to forget the fact that I uh, I never really did the whole actual thing. Yeah.
1: Have you just like randomly surprised her and gotten down on one knee and been like, I know I'm a little late, but
0: <laughs> I'm thinking about the, you know, we, I think, what is it? Next year is our 25th anniversary. It might be something oh. that could happen. Uh, it sh- probably should happen depending on how COVID's going at the time. It'd, it'd be I think nice you should. Yes. She doesn't listen to the podcast. So don't worry about it. We can talk about it.
1: It's <laughs> and I think that should lead to a vowel renewal.
0: Yes, exactly. That'd be good. So uh yeah,
1: the kids involved, that'd be awesome.
0: Yes, my three boys getting them involved. That'd be interesting. So
1: <laughs> Yeah. <laughs>
0: Very good. All right. Uh on to the next one. Best TV. Oh, we already did uh, your favorite wedding. So oh best TV or movie wedding.
1: Favorite movie wedding is the wedding planner. Okay. Oh, I see that's not that's not actually a wedding. It's just a wedding movie. So, I guess actual wedding in a movie. Oof gosh bless it. I don't know. Like, there's so many. I love my Big Fat Creek wedding and 27 dresses and the wedding date and
0: runaway bride. There's,
1: there's <laughs> runaway bride. Yeah, absolutely. And four, sweet home, Alabama and
0: four wedding magnolias. And oh,
1: I love four, four wedding. Weddings yeah, it's funny. <laughs> so good. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. I can't. One of those. That's all
0: right. All right. Cool. But, uh,
1: but a movie that's like a wedding movie ish, like the wedding planner with J-Lo and yeah, Matthew McConaughey is my all time favorite. Yeah.
0: Cool. Um, are there any old traditions you would like to see retired from the ceremony or the reception? Example, garter <laughs> removal, all that sort of stuff. Uh Is there anything? Yeah,
1: we did not do garter or bouquet toss. Like, please. Yeah. No one wants to see your uncle have his head up the bridesmaid's dress. Like, it's just, <laughs> please end it. It's done. <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah, we're on the same- I am
1: offer some traditions thing, but like, that can go money dance. Yeah. I don't get it. Like, yeah. they're giving you enough money. Stop. Yeah.
0: Well, there are there are traditions around the uh, some of the uh, cultures where money is pinned to dresses and things like yeah. that. Yeah, so and then I get then did that. I get? <laughs> we didn't do that. So. Us either. Okay. I mean, we
1: did a few different like Polish and Irish traditions, but we did not do anything like that.
0: I was going to ask you about your your destinations for honeymoon and stuff. Poland and uh, Irish is obviously uh, your heritage, so yeah, very good.
1: Okay. Yeah. yeah. Well,
0: long break is that? That's Irish.
1: So he's Irish and he's since we've been doing like all the heritage stuff, like the twenty three ME or whatever it is, yep. my heritage. Um, he has Greek in him too. Oh, really? Oh, ah, yep. he didn't know.
0: Okay. Very good. Yeah. Okay. Um, we're now up to your number one. We've finished all the wedding questions. We're up to your number one. So please uh let everybody know what your number one movie couple is.
1: It is Harry Burns and Sally Albright when Harry met Sally. <laughs>
0: Uh, classic. Um, right? Yeah, definitely. I mean,
1: I think it, there's not an explanation really needed. I mean, no. if you've seen the movie, you know <laughs> the beautiful trajectory of them <laughs> trying to be friends but can't be friends and then becoming friends and then falling in love. And,
0: and, and it's, love so, it's so funny with Billy Crystal because he's pretty awkward and- you know, everybody knows the, the, uh, cafe scene. And, but the whole movie is, you know, that, that back and forward between the two and Billy Crystal being such a talent as well. And Meg Ryan, very, very, obviously very talented. It's a, it's a heartwarming movie.
1: Well, you mentioned, so that scene, uh, at the diner, Cat's diner. So if you watch, you know, the beginning of the movie and they're in the, this car ride, she's, she's kind of sheltered right Hmm, hmm. and she has her days of the week underpants yeah (laughs) but there's no sunday because of god
2: yes (laughs) but then
1: you know fast forward to how she is there and then as like their friendship develops and she she, you know grows up she gets older she has her life experiences with dating joe and being a journalist and all this um and then it leads to her being okay to fake orgasm in a diner which yeah but in the beginning of that movie, you would never see that girl yeah. doing that. So no that influence of him too to kind of like open her up, yeah. to not be so you know uptight.
0: Yeah, yeah no. It's and cool. her
1: and her making him realize like, hey, quit being a man whore. Like, yeah, <laughs> you got to get yourself together. <laughs> <Yeah>. You know.
0: <laughs> yeah, look, it's a, a classic movie, uh, and again, another one from the eighties. A great decade for movies. So <laughs> yeah, Oh yeah, very cool. So Na- good. Now I do have one thing. I'm gonna, um, again, this could just oh be yeah, you're a couple. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I just want to ask why, because I think this is probably uh, I, I, in, in recent times at least, one of the best love stories and couples that you've probably seen uh in cinema. Um, Bella and Edward Twilight. No, you're not uh, a teenage vampire I'm fan. Not,
1: <laughs> I'm not a Twilight. Fan. I tried watching it. I'm gonna, I'm probably gonna get hate from people that are like super Twilight fans, but like, I respect the. I respect it, but no, they always look like they're hungry and they're hangry and they're constipated and annoyed. And I just, there's nothing about it that is fun to me. I can't make it through. I
0: I read all the books. That's
1: not what I thought you were gonna say, but that's funny. Yeah, no. But you know who almost made my list? Um, Rachel and, Oh, I'm blinking on his name. Crazy Rich Asians. Oh, I yes, love that yes, couple. Yeah. I, thought oh, gonna say, Sylvester- I thought
0: you were going to say Sylvester Stallone and Talia Shire from Rookie.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's not a bad one. Oh, or Cher, Cher and Nick Cage in oh, Moonstruck. Moonstruck yes. That's a great yeah, one too. That's a really good one. Yeah. Uh, that's a really good Again, one. Again, 80s movies.
0: Yeah, definitely. Maybe
1: we're, maybe we're just a product of our generations. We, I don't know. Are. Like, but all yeah. my movies were 80s and 90s, except for, um, uh, this one. Uh, Representative the- Tiffany's. Yeah. Representative Tiffany's was the only one that wasn't. That was sixties. That's everything it. else is eighties and nineties. Uh, oh, big,
0: uh, <laughs> my big fat Greek wedding was 2002. So. Oh, yeah. 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 yeah true, right. true. Yeah. Now yeah. look again. Uh, I got heaps of, uh, crap from, uh, my mate, my best mate when I did a, a podcast with, uh, an, um, Jacob from the Sunday night army where we did guilty pleasure movies. And Mm -hmm. so I've read all the Twilight books and I, when I, the movies were like Mortal Instruments, um, and Twilight, obviously, and a couple of other things that were on there. And, uh, he texted me after I did that, that episode and aired and he said, we can't be friends anymore. So (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, which, cause it's, it's very counter to, you know, I guess, me normally but i have uh, like i like werewolves and vampires and all that sort of stuff and i love a good romance and i love a romance that's got you know impediments that they have to overcome and things like that so uh, i guess when it comes to that i'm a big softy and and because the books are better than the movies Probably that's why I'm a bit more invested in that couple. Um, mm-hmm. But there, there are a couple of things like Ghost and things like that that I thought were actually uh, really good ones. What was the the other one? Oh, Pretty Woman. Uh, Julia Roberts and yeah, I
1: just think, barely made my list. Yeah. I I oh, I love the relationship, but again, just barely made the cut. Yeah. But it was l- tough. It was so tough.
0: You did a fantastic you know, job. You know
1: who wasn't going to make my list? Who's that? Fifty Shades of Grey. <laughs> that wasn't oh, going to make. I my haven't list. even seen it. Got
0: no interest <laughs> in seeing
1: it. I just list. saw clips. It's, uh, yeah. No.
0: Yeah. No. I'm with you there. I've got no interest whatsoever. And uh, yeah, my wife. Same thing. You know. I, I guess the the book was a massive hit and massive hit mostly with women and things like that, but my wife has got no interest in reading the book or watching the movie. Me and, either. Um, she, she enjoys a good movie with a good plot and good story. She actually enjoys a good horror movie and scaring herself. So, <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> uh, so yeah, it's, it, that's fine. All right, look, fantastic. That is a great top ten. Thank you very much for coming on today and giving me so much of your time. Uh, it's been an absolute ball. Um, do you want to let everyone know where they can uh, find your – broad swathe of work that you actually do and you're involved <laughs> with, please feel free to, to let everyone know where they can find you.
1: Sure. Um, yeah, you can find Weddings Unveiled on your favorite podcast app or on all the major platforms. On Instagram and Twitter, it's at WU Leah Longbreak. And on Facebook, it's at Weddings Unveiled with Leah Longbreak. And then I'm at Cleveland Leah on all the social media channels <laughs> you can find. And evergreenpodcast.com. We have over a hundred podcasts you can check out. And then I have my blog life dash with dash Fantastic. And thank you so much, Darren. This seriously, like you said, it's a ball and that was the first. Term that came to mind for me, this was so much fun and it's been such a pleasure to talk to you and meet you and be a part of your awesome podcast.
0: Thank you very much. You're, you're very kind and uh, coming from someone with so much experience that's, uh, you know, that makes my, makes my day. So thank you very much. You have uh, a fantastic rest of your day. Uh, it's early in the morning there. So you've got the day ahead of you. So thank you very much for making time. I'll catch you on the socials.
1: Yes. Talk to you soon. Bye.
0: That's it, another showdown, and one that I think you can tell that both Leah and myself had a lot of fun recording. Leah is a very positive and genuine individual with a lot of experience in the broadcasting arena, and just a fun person to chat with. It was the most fun I've had editing a show, as I had forgotten how much I enjoyed our chat, so I encourage you to go check out her show or one of the other shows that she produces for the Evergreen Network. Also, don't forget to please subscribe uh, to my show and drop me a hi somewhere on social media or in an email. Any and all feedback is encouraged. Uh, I'm not averse to hearing what I could do better, so don't worry about uh, giving me some advice. Other than that, check out the Patreon or the Buy Me A Coffee link, and if you'd be so kind, rate and review the show wherever it's convenient. If you don't know how to do that, just follow the rate and review link in the show notes. Thanks for listening, and as usual, I'll chat at you again next week.